It is Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. As you can see, the champ has joined us. Matt Baxendale, the people's champ, is here. We will get to his own thoughts on a lot of good stuff here. First, some quick house cleaning. As you can see, I am not Dave Biddle. I will not be Dave Biddle for the rest of these two weeks while he is on vacation, so bear with us. What I need everyone to do, if you have not done this already, and a lot of you have, and I appreciate it, is subscribe to the YouTube podcast as we speak right here. Just push pause, then hit that subscribe button. This will allow you to, we will, one for one thing, it will deliver the, every piece of content we have will be delivered to your YouTube account. But also when we do something like this, it will give you a heads up. For example, we scheduled this podcast last night. You should have gotten a heads up in your YouTube account, and then you were good to go. So we've also mentioned that they are uh, keeping a tally in the back of who's got the most subscriptions. We are battling the Michigan site, the Georgia site, the Penn State site for subscriptions. You guys have really helped us pull ahead uh, into the front now, and we want to stay that way. So backs. Speaking of pulling out in front, no one questions Ohio State's ability to recruit offensive players, but there's been some real momentum that there's going to be a surge of defensive players. Edric Houston visited, K.J. Bolden visited. There's some other crystal balls rolling here. Generally speaking, are you optimistic that the trend will flip to the defense, or are you one of those on the front row it's just generally negative about our ability to attract people to stop others. You know, it's funny, Dan, because I've been saying for months now that I'm super happy that we've had all these offensive players, but you know, where's the beef? Where's the defense? That's what I've been complaining about, if you will. And, uh, you know, start with Jaden McLean recently here. That gets us up to our third, I believe, defensive commitment in a class of, I think 13 or 14 now. So the imbalance is pretty obvious for everybody. So in short, I think we're overdue. I heard nothing but good news coming out of Five Star Weekend last weekend in terms of what people were saying. It seems like there was a commitment behind the scenes. If you go on Twitter and all these guys are putting up the little nut emoji. Mm -hmm. Oh, the nut. Yep. And to me, it just seems like that uh, there's some some fire here to this smoke. So I I don't know if you're going to – some people are like, oh, we're getting five five stars. Oh, okay, great. That would be lovely. But I'd settle for one or two right now. Okay. I would settle for – just give me a couple D linemen, right? Because you know how many we have in this class right now. So I, I think it's, it's absolutely and utterly critical for Ohio State to land some of these guys. We, we, we can't have uh, the level of imbalance in this recruiting class that we have right now. But if you look at it, I think Ryan Day every year has taken a little bit more of an emphasis from the lessons he's learned as a coach on how important these superstar defensive players really are going to be for him. So – I think that there is some fire here. I do think we're going to start seeing some good news. Is it going to be a clean sweep of every five-star kid that was on campus last weekend? 
let's slow our roll a little bit. But I think Ohio State's going to land a couple of these elite defenders, and I think they're going to land them pretty soon. It seems like that they're really near the front of the mix on a lot of those guys that were on campus last weekend. And when they're on together and the, you know, the way that people are reacting uh, in this class, I think Deontay Armstrong uh, posted something like we got our guy or something like that. So I, I think there's a, there's, there's some news that'll be coming soon. That's good. And I think that's going to really help the defensive uh, recruiting in this class. And it'd be nice to get some of that big momentum and get, you know, three, four, five of these high end, defensive players in this class because right now we have two linebackers and a safety and the upside is that they're all top 24 7 guys the downside is there's three of them so let's get some more of them in the mix i think we're also to be fair a, a tad scarred from the most recent recruiting cycle when we were in the mix for three defensive ends defensive lineman types and there was a time when I thought we'd get each and every one of them there was a time I thought we'd get one or two and it turns out we got zero Yep. Um, in terms of that, the, the targeted trio of the guys who were here this past weekend, the Edric Hewson, Dylan Stewart's of the world, very optimistic that this is going to work out in our favor. Um, I mean, people forget the class that's going to have to come through for us now, the JT to Amola, Jack Sawyer, Tyleek Williams, Mike Hall class is about as good a force as they've ever gotten in one class. And, you know, to this yep. point, I would say a tad underwhelming as a group, this year will be their chance to really hop out and star. Let's also now talk about uh, what's become really, really interesting. And we've got to admit this, and having you sitting here is not going to make this any easier, but Michigan's uh, uptick on the football field has helped their recruiting. There is no way to argue this. If you look mm -hmm. at the players they've gotten commitments from, um, and the players they're in the mix from, they have leveled up in the last two years. That's just a fact. You can't argue that. Now, fine D.C. native and good counsel high linebacker Aaron Childs left them at the altar and chose Florida over Michigan. So that was kind of uh, an enjoyable thing to see. However, we are now in a situation where we are in competition with Michigan for some real recruits. We lost Jordan Marshall. Uh, to them. It does mm -hmm. seem like Cincinnati has a vibe there. Elias Rudolph, who was matriculated to Deerfield Beach via Taft, is now being crystal balled heavily to uh, Michigan, and we'll get to that. But the two guys everyone's talking about right now, Aaron Scott and Bryce West from Springfield and Glenville, respectively. We talk about how fortunate we are to have two quarterbacks in a class from Ohio this good, and Tavian St. Clair and Ryan Montgomery you could make an equally strong argument that these are two of the finest corners in the country from Ohio. And both apparently are down to two schools. I fear for the front row. Um, if this does not go well in either case, what is your general vibe right now? As I've said that we are legally obligated to cover this and get everyone to weigh in on it. So possible yes. ramifications, current vibes backs. The floor is yours. So Aaron West or Bryce West and Aaron Scott. Aaron West. Two. Aaron yeah, West. I'm like mixing new, both uh, up. Right? and Ben Affleck. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. The A West situation. So this isn't like there are two kids that they're from like a Catholic school in Cincinnati and one of the Toledo border high schools. This is a Glenville kid and this mm -hmm. is a Springfield kid. Springfield is practically Columbus. And I don't know the last time we lost a Columbus kid to Michigan that we wanted. 
right? And even the time, the, I think it might have been Justin Boren. And even then, we sort of fixed the situation right after the fact. Because I don't think we were. Traded Priest went to Bama, though, not to Michigan. Fair. You know, you know? Fair. that's a bit of a different story there. Uh, so, really looking at this, these are two guys that by every single like big picture metric should be Buckeyes. So that's why the nervousness is, you know, turned up to 11 right now on it. We can't lose a Glenville guy. We can't lose a Springfield guy. And by the way, they're both two top 50 national players at a position of wild need for Ohio state. So, you know, before we, we panic too much. Yes. This is the first time that that school up North has really walked into Ohio and done much with the top kids. I mean, They've got Jordan Marshall. If you look at the rankings, it seems like they're going to land Brian Robinson, even though Ohio State staff really doesn't show much interest there. Um, so they're, 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 they've got Luke Hamilton. They've got, you know, Ted Hammond. They've got some top 15 Ohio guys. And that's the best performance they've had since the Trestle era began already in the state of Ohio. So there's a lot of nerves right now. Everybody's on edge because of how the last two years out games outcomes have been. I can tell you right now, though, if we do lose either of these guys, it would be I don't think it's too much to say catastrophic would describe it correctly. Ohio State has currently seven scholarship corners on the roster. They need cornerbacks, period. And a lot of the guys that are on the field right now for Ohio State are upperclassmen. It's not like there's you know a bunch of uh, true freshmen last year that are blocking these guys coming in. No. Burke's got, uh, is, is a junior now. Hancock is a junior now. Uh, that De- Davison Igbenosin coming in is, I believe, a junior eligibility this year, right? So you have the two tr- sophomore eligibility. Okay, so then he's got an extra year there. But the but rest of these, yeah, yeah, you know, my point is there. There's only one of them though out of the three or four that are in the mix there. So the, some of the younger guys that came in last year are, haven't seen the field yet. There's no super studs that are blocking them from getting on the field here. There's no reason to think that Ohio State isn't going to shepherd them towards the NFL. And if you look at when Ohio State was really popping out NFL corners the last five, ten years, most of them are Ohioans. Marshawn Lattimore, right? You've got Garyon Conley, right? We beat Michigan up for both of them. Denzel Ward is another Ohioan. A lot of these elite guys that we spit out into the NFL at that cornerback position are Ohio State produced inside the Buckeye State. So – yeah, these two have that written all over them. If we lose one of them to our rivals, this is where people start getting nervous because you can lose a game. You can lose two games even. But when the momentum of the rivalry swings inside your own home state, if you know anything about the history of this game, it's a bad thing because whoever wins Ohio, the rule used to be whoever wins Ohio wins the game. It's gotten a little bit more national. We can't just glibly say that now. But if Ohio State starts losing Ohio, we're in trouble. So that's why everybody's so concerned about these two. Now, that said, Dan, I don't think we lose either one. I think they still both come to Ohio State. I haven't seen a single Michigan crystal ball yet on either one of them. So let's take a deep breath before, you know, the Michigan side scares us into thinking these kids are going somewhere else that they're not. I agree with everything you said. I do think in the long run we will get them. So I don't know if that's just personal bias or. As I've said many times, the name of the site is not Buck Rational Observer. It's Buck Nuts. <laughs> and uh, despite my nut allergy, I have uh, acquired some of that bias. Amika um, Hanna makes a good point. Torian Nichols, another uh, defensive back out of Cincinnati. Cincinnati's crushing. Has just, just added the uh, Alabama offer. But I do think we need to figure out what happens with those first two guys. And like you said, they are from traditional 
strongholds. I guess the worst thing about them going, if they were to go to Michigan, is it just makes it more likely that the next guy is going to go. And they've chipped yeah. away at that kind of like veneer. And you made a good point. There was a time when Michigan, all of their success could have been traced back to Ohioans. Charles mm-hmm. Woodson and Desmond Howard, Elvis Gerbach and the like. Um, Ricky Powers. Ricky Powers versus Robert Smith used to be a big deal in the state. So you make some really good points there. I'm going to edge on optimism here. Um, like you said, when I see Bill Kerlick or Steve Wolfong roll a crystal ball towards Ann Arbor for one of those guys, I will may shed a tear, but then I will also start to take this a little bit more seriously. Let's take a quick break here at the 12-minute mark, come back and talk some more positive stuff. All right. We talked about quarterback recruiting a little bit earlier. Ryan Montgomery, Tavian St. Clair. It does feel like Ryan Montgomery was penciled in for a long period of time. Now, this was early, and and to be fair, uh, Ryan probably got launched into our – you know, vernacular a tad early because of his older brother, yeah, Luke. So, uh, and, you know, he's also a really good basketball player. People forget Luke Montgomery was on the Blue Chips team with Bronny James back in the day. Once rode an elevator with them in Las Vegas. Biggest group of seventh graders you've ever seen on earth in one spot. But <laughs> I digress. Who is your personal choice if you could make the call to be the quarterback for Ohio State in this class? You know, this is a tough one because St. Clair has been so impressive lately everywhere he's gone. It almost seems like Montgomery was like the kind of obvious choice, right, for a long time. Sure. And now we've watched St. Clair sort of elevate into a, you know, this kid's probably a lot better than most people initially thought. I think a lot of people shrugged off that, you know, oh, another kid from Bellefontaine? Really? Bellefontaine. Yeah. Is that how you say it? I've never, I've never heard anybody say it out loud. I think it's Bellfound, and I've heard Bellefontaine. I get it confused with Patascala and uh, Wapakoneta. So let's just today it's Bellfountain. Bellfountain, we'll call it Bellfountain today. Fine, sure. <laughs> but if you watch him, I mean, he, look, he's a big kid. He can move. He's been really impressive in camp. I, I think Montgomery's sort of just been the guy that everybody's assumed would be the guy, like you said, because of the brother connection. Um, I also think people are paying just a little bit more attention to the in-state Ohio guys after Drew Aller uh, was sort of largely ignored to land Quinn Hughes a couple years ago. And now he's going to get over at Penn state trying to beat the Buckeyes for the next couple of years. And we realize how good the guy is. So, you know, there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of uh, concern placed upon this one because they're both Ohio guys. And if we pick the wrong one, the other one could come back to bite you. Whereas, you know, missing out on Quinn Ewers, or even Quinn Ewers leaving, what, what's the what's the impact for Ohio State? We may never play against him ever, right? So there's the 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 sense of who's at home here, right? You don't want and, – and the, the more it becomes like, a you know, Dan and Dave, right, one and two, right, then it's going to be – You dated yourself you know, there, brother. I know. I did just date myself. 92 Olympic Games, baby. Um, but, like, at the end of the day, like – Whoever doesn't get picked by Ohio State here, do they turn into the classic spurned kid and go straight to Ann Arbor? I mean, these are things you have to be concerned about now. This is yeah. this is the old school hallmarks of Ohio recruiting. So I don't know where they're going right now. I don't even have a real opinion on this one because I do I mean, trust Ryan Day with quarterbacks. This <laughs> is a first world issue here, people. I mean, come on now. Both of these guys, if you look at their offer list, Alabama's on there, Georgia's on there for one or the other. 
you can't lose in this situation. The beautiful thing about Ohio State now quarterback-wise is I honestly think if you get a good quarterback in here, he's going to perform. You've got the best teaching there is. You're gonna He's going to be throwing to the best receivers there mm-hmm. are. I, I'm very confident in uh, the quarterback situation here, whoever they choose. And, like, it's a – it's not an Aaron, Aaron West situation or a Bryce Scott. I did that on purpose. Um, you, you don't have to get both, and quarterbacks at different spots. So that's something to keep an eye on, though. There are some people that think that could be finished sooner rather than later. We will keep an eye out on that for absolute sure. Um, let's talk big picture now, quarterback, and uh, we'll get to some of the questions. From the peanut gallery here, but one thing I've really found interesting on the national scene, um, and I and I know this is going to be low-hanging fruit for the national writers once we kind of get out of recruiting season and into camp season, everyone starts kind of projected out. But the three teams that I consider to be above and beyond all of the others, uh, Georgia, Alabama, and the Ohio State University, will all be playing new quarterbacks this year. Uh, Ohio State and Alabama obviously had their number one and number two picks in the draft. And then Stetson Bennett um, was out with the Rams. So all three were pros. All three were also kind of, I don't want to say institutions, but they were they were established starters. There was no second banana that was going to come in and uh, steal the show. Stetson Bennett, maybe it took him a few years to get to that point, but once he was established, it was that now. I get the sense that the concern feels like nationally is more for Ohio State, when that really doesn't make much sense to me, considering no. Kyle McCord has been here. Devin Brown has been here. Let's just use assuming Kyle McCord is the starter, because I believe that his ranking yeah. is super high. He hasn't done anything to let you think uh, he wouldn't be fantastic. Georgia, I think it's Hudson Card is going to be the guy in there. I can't even remember who it is. It's one of those Southern names, and I should know that, but. Um, and in Alabama, just added Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame. Clearly, they weren't ecstatic with what they had. Mm-mm. I'd be less optimistic about Ohio State's quarterback situation. I kind of feel like of the three, Ohio State's clearly in the best spot. What's your vibe? I also think Ohio State's clearly in the best situation. Like you said, Bama had to bring in a guy who wasn't even impressive when he was at Notre Dame and might not have started this year. Yeah. Like, he didn't do jack squat against Ohio State's defense when we played them last year, and then he got hurt the next week. Then, you know, Bama's got a bunch of young guys that were top 100 quarterbacks. I think Ty Simpson was the big name two years yeah. ago. But, like, at the end of the day, I think Bama's in the worst situation of all the groups at quarterback. I mean, look at Ohio State's roster. McCord was a top 30 player. He was a top two quarterback. And the only reason yeah. he hasn't played is that a guy who was a two-time Heisman finalist that was setting records in the second pick in the draft was ahead of him. That's a pretty good guy to be able to walk right at, you know, behind and learn from. And then we got Devin Brown. Devin Brown's going to be really good. You got Lincoln Keenholz coming on campus. We're in great shape there. And by the way, when you add the pipeline with Aaron Nolan, Ohio State has maybe the best quarterback situation in the country. So I don't get why people seem to think Ohio State of all schools is going to struggle. I have zero concerns about our ability to score points. I have a hundred percent of my concern about our ability to stop everybody else from scoring points right now. Ohio State has a remotely decent defense this year again and actually fixes their pass defense, which they really didn't last year, then good luck. But, you know, when you talk about the quarterback situation in Georgia, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them because they've never in the last 
little bit here had any of these stud guys turn into studs. I mean, Justin Fields had the leave to play, right? They keep running out these like, you know, mid four star guys. None of them blow our socks off. Bennett is a sheer happenstance sort of luck situation that that kid turned into what he did. I mean, I find somebody else who did what he did to get himself in that position, bouncing around the Juco's and everything. Um, and then coming back the way he did, that's an unlikely situation at its best. So I think people are overstating Georgia right now because they've won the last two natties. I think Georgia's situation nationally would be viewed 20% less favorably by everybody. If that field goal goes through at the stroke of midnight. I mean, let's just be real blunt here. Ohio State is in by far the best quarterback situation of the big three. And I don't know many outside of the big three that can compete with Ohio State's quarterback depth chart this year. I just don't see it. I mean, uh, of all the positions to be worried about at Ohio State, that one is literally the last thing on my list. Because if McCord is only really good and he's not quite as good as Stroud or quite as good as Fields was, he's still going to be pretty darn good. And he still has so many weapons. Anybody thrown to, to Marv and Emeka is going to be perfectly fine. So quarterback, I, I think if Bama's in the worst situation of the three, I mean, if you're if you're preying on a guy who couldn't even start at the school he was at before to come into Bama of all places and be a difference maker, good luck. Yeah, I don't know about Bama, man. I'm starting to get a little bit of a – I mean, I hate to say this out loud, so I'll be struck by lightning or something if you say anything negative about Saban, but I'm not sure Bama hasn't – Lost a little step here. I know they're recruit like gangbusters and stuff, but there's just a little vibe to me that Georgia's knocking them off their perch. And if that you program's look at, peaked, doesn't it feel like that a little bit? That it does to me now. When you I see the, the whole Saban era, right? Then they had the 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 sort of high point, mm-hmm. right? They went up to the top. They rode this very elite level for a very long time, and they sort of dipped back into not quite mortal, but like they're not the world beater guarantee, you know, in the middle of the national title hunt every single year kind of team. But I'm not saying that they're not going to probably still be a playoff team, but Bama is way more likely to lose two games in a given season than they ever were before, in my opinion. I agree with that. And I, and I just don't think like uh, this is obviously Ohio State's strength, but the fact that they've had to dip both teams into the portal for skilled talent, to me, is is a poor reflection on uh, on their program. I realize Ohio State had to go into the portal for certain positions, you know, especially on defense and maybe a couple on the offensive line. But running back and and wide receiver, to me, like I've always felt, you should just be stocked. And um, I guess we're just spoiled at wide receiver, so I can't I can't complain about that. Um, I can't jump on them. We got Justin Fields out of the portal, you know. And everybody and their brother would have taken Jameer Gibbs. You know, that's, I think, what's oh, going to sure. be part of this. That's just there's going to be a part of this going forward is, is when you have guys who are at, you know, those, quote, second-tier schools that decide that they want to level up. A Bama or an Ohio State should be vacuuming those guys in. I mean, Jameer Gibbs, I think, was at Georgia Tech. That was one that never made sense to me even out of high school. I thought that he kind of settled. Everyone knew he was going to transfer. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, it's, uh, that was one where he settled, right? So, you know, when you, I always say it's like, you know, if you're a Mac kid and you're clear, there's never going to be a Chad Pennington or, or a Byron Leftwich coming out of the Mac again because someone's going to vacuum them up after a year or two, right? And there's never going to be a Ben Roethlisberger that stays at Miami for as long as he did. Somebody would have put him into the Big Ten to be a starter right away. That's the way this is going to go with instant eligibility. So I can't quite get salty on Bama about some of that stuff, 
but I do agree with you. It does not feel like they're as inevitable as they used to be. They're not Thanos anymore. I think we're getting a general vibe. Coach D has been good this morning out of Sensi. People are talking. I think there is a general consensus now among the fans that it's going to be Kyle McCord over Devin Brown. I don't say that with any negative uh, thrust, but to be fair, Brown would have had to have been sensational um, to overcome McCord. I just feel like McCord, he's put his time in, man. I mean, if he's not ready to go, then, then there is a problem. Um, but I don't have much fear of this. I mean, if you need any other security blanket, then your high school number one target being lined up at wide receiver for you and Marvin Harrison, I would think that's something that can make you very, very comfortable. Um, that's actually yeah. some people's like big concern about him. And I've heard this numerous times from people. Is he going to lean on him too much? Is, well, was he so good coming out of high school? Cause he was throwing to Marv the whole time, right? Did that impact how we all viewed him? Cause he had a superstar to throw to, but like, again, we're grasping at straws here. This is a guy who, Threw for 300 yards and a couple touchdowns a couple years ago in his only start when he had the spot start. And granted, it was against Akron, but still, like he looked perfectly reasonable in that game. So, all right, we'll end with this. Steve Wolfon was here yesterday, and there was a question about Jaden Davis and why is he ranked higher than Aaron Nolan? Um, I don't know. I can't predict the future, but I will predict this. When the final rankings are released uh, from top, the top 247, Aaron Nolan will be ranked ahead of Jaden Davis. Um, I don't want to be crazy on that, but I feel like I can step out on that limb very comfortably. I got to appreciate back stopping by. He has got me through another day. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, please do so. We are in competition with all of the other sites to be ranked at the top. This could be a very interesting day, Bucknutters. Make sure you keep it locked in there. Buckeyes are hot on the trail. Will it be a defensive player or an offensive player next? You never know, but our hopes are high. Let's make it someone elite. We appreciate the people's champ stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters.